0: Welcome, everybody, to a new edition of the CarCast. This one is episode 97. We're going to decide that to be the Connor McDavid episode because, let's face it, it's Connor McDavid, and no matter how much you want to say one year of Essa Tikkanen wearing 97 (laughs) or a few years with Matt Gilroy or Rostislav Klesla with the Columbus Blue Jackets from 06 through 11 or Jeremy Roenick with a bunch of teams. Now we're going to go with McDavid. Do you think – I have
1: a question about this number. Okay. Do you think 97
0: – maybe
1: you – and I don't know. Maybe maybe you do know this since you have children that play hockey. Is 97 becoming a popular number for kids to wear?
0: Um, I think that my kids are already past that. They're a decade later, okay. right? So I have an 09 and a 2012. No, but just as far as
1: being, like, a, a fan of
0: McDavid. Um, like – like wearing a 97. Not pages. here, mm-hmm. because here in Dallas, a lot of the kids in the local house leagues are into Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan. So
1: 14 and 91 mm-hmm. are stars. Numbers. Popular numbers. Klingberg, okay. Radulov, yeah. you know the
0: ones that are popular here. Yeah, okay. so um, it's a lot of that. I don't see a ton of 97. I think that if you went to parts up north, mm-hmm. then especially in Canada, you yeah. see a ton of it. By the way, that's Sean Shapiro. I'm Owen Nuker. Yeah. Stars and Sabres tonight at the AAC. Our first car cast in a couple of weeks because of a four-game road trip. Mm-hmm. And it's also our last one for a couple of weeks because <laughs> of a bi-week all-star game and another road game, which Sean is, by the way, going to be on the plane in less than 12 hours. Yeah. So he's doing car casts. He's going to sleep and pack, probably in that order. Or going to pack and sleep. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe pack, sleep, pack. Ooh. Make your mental list. Yeah. Do it. Get Be done with it. Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, the Stars will not practice tomorrow because of some pending weather. It's a pretty nasty wintry blizzard going on or expected to go on in Minnesota. So... No practice, they're going to get on the plane a little early, try to get up there before it gets really nasty out. So at least if they play in front of dozens of fans in Minneapolis, St. Paul, it to be in St. Paul, yep. that they will at least be there. Correct. Right. Now we vary the lead. The Stars lose to the Buffalo Sabres <laughs> tonight by a final score of 4-1. to one. It was really a 2-1 to one game yeah. with a couple of goals. Um, let's start with the first shift of the game, Sean, was outstanding. Stars went with their top line, which I love. I like the fact that they put the Vin sagan radulov unit out there to really go for it at home right away. Yeah. And the first 64 seconds were probably the Stars' best 64 seconds.
1: I would agree with that. That's fair to say.
0: Because they were all yeah. over Buffalo. It looked like they were going to dominate this one from start to finish because they, uh, Sagan had three grade-A scoring chances before the penalty was whistled. Mm-hmm. And then... Unlike the last six games where the power play has been a difference maker, mm-hmm. it absolutely killed their momentum. Yeah, it sucked everything out. Do you think that the Stars should have gone with the second power play unit to start? What you mean because the first unit had the first they just played in a minute shift, yeah, yeah. circled the zone, was great, mm-hmm. and they decided to keep them out there?
1: Um. I can see why they did it. I
0: can too. I can but see, I can see why you're trying they to change.
1: I think you go with the second unit, just and then
0: keep them fresh, yeah. right? You just played a minute. Forty-second shifts is what Monty used to harp. Yeah, and I get it. You got to whistle. You're not really tired because it's the first shift of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you always feel pretty good at the beginning of a game because you've got all your energy. Yeah, but I just think that that might have been a bad decision. And I, yeah, and I think. Um,
1: not only does that, but then I also think it gets some of those guys on the second unit into the game quicker too. I think
0: it's I of, agree. I think it's kind of twofold on the benefits of doing that. So a harbinger of things to come, the Stars did not create one quality scoring chance on the power play, and that would turn out to be a theme of the entire night of both teams' power plays. Both teams came in absolutely scorching hot on the man advantage, and neither one of them created a single, by my count, quality chance when they had a man up. Either one. So credit to both teams' yeah. pe- penalty kills, but both power plays looked disjointed tonight. I wasn't impressed. I mean, it was
1: almost, fast-forwarding here, but it was almost the kiss of death for huh. Dallas at the yeah. end when they did get, get a power play down 2-1, to one and then Buffalo scores a shorthanded goal. We'll get to
0: that. Yeah. Because there's a debate there that some fans were upset about, and I want to go over it with you.
1: Interested to see what they're upset about. So. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll get to that. Okay. Um. So... They don't get the 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 goal on the power play, and play resumes, and there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, little yada yada time, and then Buffalo, who had had a shot on goal for the first what? How long? Do you remember? You weren't tracking. I I wasn't tracking the same as normal tonight. But I believe it was
1: was eight minutes. I thought it was around. I had it mental in my head around seven and a half
0: minutes or something like that. So nearly eight minutes of time, they didn't have a shot on goal. Mm -hmm. First quality chance of the entire night for them goes in the net because Sam Reiner made an unbelievable pass. No look, backhand, across the crease, and Jimmy Vc had the whole net. He kind of flubbed it, Yeah, he, but he almost, scored. He
1: almost nine-ironed it, uh, pitching wedged it over
0: he the bar. He made it as ugly as yeah. he could with that open of a yeah. net. Still scored, and it was one nothing Sabres. And I think that was a little bit of a, a gut punch because Dallas was dominating. Uh-huh. They had a couple quality looks. Not a lot. Tonight was odd for Dallas because they're. we have talked about at regular intervals that they are not one of the higher shot quantity but they have one of the, the, if not the highest quality per shot, right? Um, I've seen some of the advanced analytics charts where Dallas is in the, they have a lot of quality shots per capita, and they limit. So they they play a really smart brand of hockey. Mm -hmm. They don't just bomb from everywhere. They, They have a little bit more selectivity in their shooting. However, they had no quality tonight. Now, there was no quality tonight. It was... So anyway... It was um, one nothing after the VZ goal. Mm-hmm. Stars actually ended up with, by my count, was seven to two in quality chances in the first period. Shots okay. were even at eight apiece, which means that means shots on goal. Yeah, yeah. And remember, a shot on goal is not necessarily a quality chance, and a quality chance isn't necessarily a shot on goal, but usually it is. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a real deflator for this team to have been the better team of the period and to be losing after 20 minutes on home ice.
1: Yeah, and there was kind of a flurry at the end of the first period too, where um, we, John Klingberg was asked about it after the game and he said, no, that's something we could use as a motivator. And while that's really nice in theory, the evidence in front of me looked more deflating.
0: Yes. They were able to get a goal in the second period. Miro mm-hmm. um, Haskinen unleashed a couple of one-timers. The one that missed the net was pretty beneficial. Good job for winning a battle for space yeah. to Jamie Ben because he was battling for position, and the puck came to him and he was able to deposit it for his twelfth goal of the year. It's a semi-intentional play action too. Um, yeah, I don't know if that—I yeah. don't know if he missed it exactly on purpose, but, but they were definitely ready for it. The Stars' defensemen
1: are one of the things that they've worked on and have been told to do is. Um, and this is something that is goes back to earlier in the season, but they've just gotten better around it as the season is going around. Is shooting, kind of looking at the net instead of looking at it as a, um, instead of looking at it as a four x six, look at that as a like four by eight, right? Right. And sh- and don't be afraid to shoot wide, where you have like a foot wide either yeah, way. Yeah, don't be afraid to shoot shoot a foot wide either way, because of the types of players these stars have that have this. Now, they may not have many tip goals this season, but Joe Pavelski's and Corey Perry's and things like that who have a history of being able to widen that net mouth.
0: And the potential and, is there for them to do and that. And the
1: potential is there for that. And then on top of that, you can you, it, if it doesn't work out that way, you can get goalies, especially a way like... Uh, Olmark's an aggressive goalie. Yes. So, Olmark plays a very aggressive style. He plays style. at the top of his crease yes. a lot, doesn't he? And so that is one of the reasons that goal worked, because if Olmark is deeper in his crease... He doesn't get caught as far out of position after the hard
0: ricochet. He goes post to post. He goes post to post, and makes it an easy save. So relatively easy. But it's so that is a. And the other reason why you do that, Sean, is and you of course know this well, is that so many players are in the shot lanes to begin with yeah. that you kind of have to shoot around the first wave mm-hmm. to get it close to the net, and by doing so, you're going to probably angle it just wide anyway. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad play. Um. So they get the goal, tie the game. It's pretty early in the second yeah. period, and then Miro Heiskanen gets hurt. And I'm not saying that this is the turning point of the period, but the Stars dominated in shots on goal in the second period. I think it was 16 to five. It was 14 to one at one point. And yet, I had quality chances at three to three. So when you are that lopsided in shots, it means you have the puck a lot, but it doesn't mean you're getting to the net front and doing something something with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was
0: It was a busy but ineffective second period. Right. The quality was not yeah. there. Did you, and Bruce pointed this out in our postgame show on the radio side tonight, I did not have a single tracked quality chance rebound off a of quality chance. So there were a couple instances in the games where, for both teams, like the Haskinen shot or Rasmus Asplund had yeah, yeah, one yeah, where yeah. there was non quality shot. They got a rebound and created yeah. a chance out of it. But there wasn't a single one where there was a follow up because sometimes you'll get a great chance and then somebody will crash the net and get a second chance. Yeah. There was not one of those from either team tonight. <laughs> We're
1: talking about the
0: prototypical a goalie makes a good save, then has to make a second good That's save. That's right. Yeah. I or, mean there's, I, other, there's, ob- there's other scenarios too. It what happens mean, a lot with the FCC line or yeah. in this case the C D C line, whereas, you know, a guy crashes the net like Como and then Cogliano's right behind him, he gets a follow up, or Fox is there, or Dickinson. Yeah. And Dix has scored the game tying goal uh, against Colorado yes, in, yes, in yeah, yeah. similar fashion, yeah. where crashing the net and diving and getting his own rebound and scoring. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think the Stars were very good in the net front tonight. No, they weren't. And that's one of uh, Jim Montgomery, Stars' old coach's big top five keys to success yeah. was win the net front battle. And I think that's part of the reason why the power play wasn't very good tonight. Yeah,
1: it's a weird night because it's it's not it's the type of night where. Yasso couldn't say they really lost the net front battle, because it's not like Buffalo did a good job either. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. It's, no, and, like, and I, I, think, uh, uh, I think both teams really yeah. were poor in net front offense.
1: To me, no, to me, this was the type of game tonight, and just kind of the overall theme of it is, whichever coach won was going to be like, well... You take them how you can. We'll get out. We'll go home. We'll, 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 let's get out of here. It wasn't pretty either
0: one, and the in reason it. why it was better for Buffalo is because it's on the road. Exactly. And they yeah. desperately need the points because yeah, they had that really rough stretch where they I think they went one six and one. Mm-hmm. That's their fifth win in their last seven. They're going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, especially because the Dallas Stars are a good team, and they win. They, they swept yeah. the season series. But the, the going back to the Hayskin and injury, I don't know how many replays you saw of this. I saw quite a few on the TV. And of course, on I watch. Uh, I watched more post game than I saw. The again. contact with Asplund was look accidental, but he basically ended up getting cross checked to the top of the helmet. He fell down mm-hmm. during a relatively innocuous play in the corner where uh, two other players were going after. Him. He was like the third guy there, kind of mm-hmm. slipped, and as he was falling to the ice, Asplund was coming in to engage. His stick was low. But he basically caught, caught him with a cross-check on the head. I thought he got him with his knee. Uh, no. The knee was secondary. If okay. you watch it again, you'll see that it was really stick, and it was right to the top of the helmet, so it was sort of like driving the head down into the neck and shoulders. Okay. Um, and he did look like there was maybe knee contact with the, the head face afterwards, but my suspicion is, is that it's that stick on the helmet yeah. that was the jarring for anyway so he's down for a minute you can tell he wasn't feeling right he got up and finished the shift and included i don't know if you saw this a pretty nasty cross check to rasmus Asplin's lower back yeah which it's, was I did see that actually a retaliatory hit yeah. to the one that he took he was pretty upset mm-hmm. about it and then he missed the rest of the game
1: yeah and no update on him after the game um Rick Bonus, kind of, we asked about it, and he said uh, upper body day to day. We asked if he was in concussion protocol.
0: There was no real answer on that. He said he didn't know, and I think the answer wasn't that he didn't actually know. Was he didn't know if he could say that or not? It's awesome. right? it's, it, um, He's a lot more close close to the vest with that. And I don't he even, tries to say as little as he I can. I don't
1: even know if it's him not knowing that he can say that. It's more of him just deciding, I'm going to, when it comes to injuries. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to really say anything. Right. So. He's
0: going to say as little as is allowed by the rules yeah. of the league. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's okay. That's yeah. just the way he does it. Um, so, stars down to five defensemen. The problem is, is that a guy like Miro Haskin, and of course, can play in all situations, yeah. with the lead, without the lead. But when you need offense, he's one of your two. I mean, look, maybe you could put Hayes, uh, Lindell in there. But your two best offensive defensemen are, are, are Haskin and, and
1: well, Klinkberger. To me, one of the biggest things about the third period, um, and where I watched the game from tonight, um, I, I watched the game from the, the Stars' defensive end right right around now, almost even with the goal, Stars' goal line. Yep. The for uh, first and third period. It's slightly and, closer to the face-off. Yeah, that, and if I remember yes, where you're sitting, and Dallas could not get out of its zone at all. Like they it's struggled, breakouts were struggling. Yeah, they could not. Like it
0: was, it was, it was quite obvious. Which shows also what yeah. happened on the first, um, the first Buffalo goal. Yes, yes Right, yes. that turned into the BZ. By the way, I did this on the radio postgame show too. I skipped over the Darlene goal. Well, yeah. we, we haven't really gotten there yeah. yet, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the. Uh, we'll get to, I mean, the, uh, the breakouts. The breakouts. The period, yeah, the breakouts great. in the third period were great. You saw the stars struggled immensely. Um, Buffalo. Buffalo did a did a nice give Buffalo credit of reading the situation, and you could tell. That Kruger probably in in, in the uh, early in the third period, seeing that Miroheiskin you know, was gone for the night, said, "Hey, hit John Klingberg."
0: They dialed up the pressure, yeah, didn't they? Yes, yeah,
1: hit John Klingberg. Go, uh, go lay the extra hit on the forecheck. Don't be afraid. Like, make them feel it. They're taking more pressure already, and so more pressure up John Klingberg. Um, some of the other guys got exposed of how's what they are as puck movers out of the zone. They're 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 kind of in the adequate to good. They're not in the great yes. sort of great realm. And losing a great puck handler, and then when your other great puck handler moving this moving it out of the zone in Klingberg is is getting is taking a ton of pressure already. It was a really smart game plan by Buffalo when when to read what happened to Dallas, and you saw how much the Stars missed having a player like that um, in the third period.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing was, is that rather than sit back with a one goal lead, yeah. they, and they they didn't they didn't go balls out forecheck. Mm-hmm. But what they did do is they went on the front foot to start the third period. And uh, aside from the Congliano chance right away, mm-hmm. which could have very much and, and Bones mentioned this after the game could have very easily changed the game. Yeah. Right? Could have given the Stars that lift they needed. That they needed he said they needed one after the Jamie Ben goal. They had a lift. Yeah. Could have had another one. If Cogliano scores, what was it? The first minute of the period. Yeah, um, I like that. If if he scores on that one, it's two-two. The building's up, and could have been a completely different third period. But he didn't, and I thought that Buffalo, as you said, they took it to him a little bit. They they went aggressive rather than that prevent defense, mm-hmm. and I thought that was very effective.
1: That's smart. I think it's. I, I actually. I think Krueger's a good coach too. Uh, I think that was well done.
0: Yeah, so. I'll give him credit for that. What about the Dallin goal in the second period? Because that turned out to be the game winner tonight. Yeah. It was a one-one game, and he scores on a wrister from above the right circle. Really good screen by good Curtis Lazar in yeah. front. I don't think Bishop saw it very well.
1: No, I don't think he did. Um, I mean, it's it was a nice shot through a screen. Um, it was kind of such a weird night where the goal happened, and you're like, oh, well, there's a goal, like.
0: Yeah, it was like, it,
1: it was sort of not. Uh, you didn't yeah. feel it building. No, so it was. Uh, I mean, it was kind of one of those. Maybe it's the kind of goal that is almost fitting to be the winning goal in a game like this, where neither team really had much. You didn't feel like anything was building. It was just something that got through, and it was. I mean, it wasn't a real exciting. No, game, wasn't it? It, you know, give a lot of credit to Lazar
0: on the screen, but he um, was where he's supposed to be. But you know what? I thought, Sean Ben Bishop gave you two goals. Yeah, he right? did win. And another one of those things where Bishop kept it to two goals or less, mm-hmm. and they didn't win. And he did his job. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, I thought Bishop was good tonight. Yeah, he made some good saves in the game. He stopped Lazar point blank on a two on one that turned into a one on one. The big made, third period save too on the breakaway. Yep, which was in that third, right? Yeah. Um, he had a couple others that I thought were really solid. Yeah. And Dallas has got to give him some run support. Yeah. Uh, in that third period, they're down by a goal. Cogliano had a chance. Como had a really good look. Um, One of the issues tonight was—that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. The the C D C line was creating the chances. Yeah. What about your top six?
1: And well, and that and the other issue tonight that happened was the Stars struggled to get out of the zone, and then once they got out of the zone, they didn't carry the puck into the offensive zone, and so much of it would be their second pass got. Yeah.
0: Disrupted a lot.
1: So much of it would be in and out so quickly where even if they got in, it would be Puck would maybe get pinned out, pinned up and Buffalo would be up up and going the other
0: way. The fourth line of Guronov, Dowling, and Perry yep. had a shift. And I wanna say it was in the third period, it could have been the first, it was definitely when they were going down that way. Where they had it was late in a period, but they had like a good minute cycle you know, really ground down mm-hmm. Buffalo, but we didn't see enough of that. Yeah. But they had, again, Roman Pollock in the first period had a whiff on a wide open look. Yeah. Um, he, I like, he, there were a couple different times for both teams where there was a lot of activity and then they never got that shot off mm-hmm. from around the net. Yeah. And just needed a moment to put it together, to put one in and, yeah, I felt there was a correlation to the San Jose game in the sense that Dallas needed that one goal to get to overtime, and Rick Bonus said after that game that they felt they deserved a point. So that he called that a point lost. Yeah, because they lost in regulation, they couldn't get that goal on Arendell. I feel like with uh, seven. So, Arendell was better
1: tonight than Linus Olmark. Arendell was better in San Jose than Linus Agreed. Olmark was tonight.
0: So there's yeah. seven wins in their last nine games. Right. Like if you if you went out of seven out of every nine, you're not going to. Of course. But if you think about it, of the two losses, the stars felt like they probably played well enough to have a point at least, and then you know take your take your risk in overtime. So that is a chance to have points in nine straight. Yeah, it is. I is aside from the fact that I don't think the stars have been playing that well offensively in the last two weeks. That's pretty good.
1: I mean, it's been a while since they've played a good offensive game you for agree? the entire three periods.
0: Do you agree with me that the, their most dangerous offensive looking game in the last few in that stretch is the Winter Classic? Yes. That's
1: cool. I completely agree with you on that.
0: Because Since the Winter Classic and I kind of throw out the Detroit game because they're yeah. just a bad team. Yeah. They've been okay. Mm-hmm. They haven't been good or really yeah. good, right? Yeah, no, it's been... And then, of course, the empty net goals at the end. Uh, And the
1: second one I don't care about. It was already 3-1. Why not? I don't like, if I want to be nitpicky, I really don't like how easily uh, Froelich was able to score from that corner there.
0: That's my only problem. So I I mentioned this earlier, and I want to hit you with this. So I had a couple fans say they didn't like the fact that the Stars pulled their goaltender, Ben Bishop, with what, about three minutes to go? Mm -hmm. With the power play. With the one-goal deficit, knowing that, that they could be susceptible to, basically not instead of having a chance to score one goal over three minutes, you turned the risk of falling behind by two, which happened. Mm-hmm. I guess from my standpoint, it didn't bother me because the power play had done nothing all night. Yeah, that I I felt like they were looking for a boost, but it is a risk with three minutes to go, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know if you heard. I asked Eric Bonus about that after the game, and he kind of. Didn't really give a, much of an answer. It was just kind of... I didn't hear much of an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really give much of an answer and insight into it. Um, Personally, I don't... I like the early poll. I'm just going to, as... In general, I'm... They've got to be better at defending that. They've got to be better at defending that. Like, I'm not opposed to it. Um. I didn't mind the timing of it. I'm more I'm more upset with the execution of John Klingberg and uh, who else was in that corner? Uh, was it Essa and Lindell in the corner too? There, I think so, but they were yeah. bad. Either way, I, it wasn't unfair. good. I'm more disappointed with the execution in that corner. That
0: shouldn't be an issue. When well, you Eichel missed the net, yeah, right, and then Kyle Opozo. But it's six on like it's it's, it's six on five, it's, right? It's, it's, it's six on four. Right, it's six, six on, on four. four. Yeah, it's, you can't be outnumbered no, or lose those no, battles when you need a goal and your net empty. It's six on four, and right. if, if the guy fires the length of the ice and hits it, well,
1: woohoo for them! Right. Lucky, lucky shot. Lucky shot. But it's six on four. If they clear, I know you're not getting the benefit of an icing, but you should have two guys. Two. You should be able to have two guys on every one of their guys that's even going to the zone. You should. Because, theory in theory, they clear the ice. They're, they're changing two guys. maybe one's going on the four check. like I, I didn't have an issue with the timing it was more of the execution of the defending on the play itself.
0: I'm with you on it. I was disappointed with it's I felt like the urgency wasn't there and the execution definitely wasn't there. Yeah. So for leak, gets the one it's shorthanded goal. How about this stat? Stars have given up three shorthanded goals. Mm-hmm. Two of them have been to on empty nets mm-hmm. at the end of games. The third one is on a penalty shot. So, for all the ups and downs of the Stars' power play this year, they have yet to give up a normal shorthanded goal. Was the which is probably more of a positive. I know netter. it's
1: the uh, it was what Achari on the penalty shot in Florida, right? Yep. And, and then, then was it also in Florida the empty netter? Did they get two? Was that the other one? Was it?
0: I don't remember now. No, they
1: didn't pull the goalie against Florida. They were down so far. <laughs> like, what was the other one? I'm trying was to remember. It, was it Tampa? Was it? No, they won in Tampa.
0: No, I know, but empty net, short Uh Yeah, oh, yeah they would have been behind. Yeah. I can't remember. It wasn't against Calgary, was it? I don't know. I can't remember either. We'll have to look it up, yeah. but but I do know that was the case. Uh, All right. Um, so let's go to some questions here on our lightning round. To
1: everyone, um, and this is both a wonderful thing and a good thing, um, but also – just being realistic thing we get so many questions i think we have to start being slightly more selective
0: you think so just because we have so many and we don't want to spend 30 minutes in front of your house when we're tired sean says this knowing he has to be at the airport in 10 hours my flight no, leaves sorry, in ten hours. In eight hours. My flight leaves in ten still hours. you have to so. sleep and pack, which yes. is actually probably more sleeping time than you thought. I know you can't run the I was gonna, red light. I, I was going to try Pretty and mature. jump. I was going to try and jump in. Well, let's see how fast we can do, and then we'll be okay. selected. Yes. Jeff Lyles wrote in nine hours ago, I just really miss Stephen Johns. Anything related to him is my question. Maybe a recap, thoughts on his trajectory. I don't care. Just miss him on the ice in Dallas.
1: He is um, likely going to play on Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. He... Um, Likely going to play. He looked really good in Texas. I saw him play live last Saturday in person. In person, and then I watched his game last night for Texas. Looked really good again. Um, um, even before the look good in practice before yeah, him too. But even before the injury to Miro Heiskanen, I think I would have still played him on Saturday.
0: I thought he was going to um, play, but now we feel like he's definitely going to. play, I feel like right? he's
1: definitely going to play. Um, this is one of the NHL's best stories. So honestly, this is. Let's this
0: is, speculate, yeah, Sean. If because I know where you're going with this, yeah. and I don't want to. I want you to be able to finish it. But yeah. um, look at that. Have you ever seen that before? I've seen. They put this thing up yesterday. Okay, so there's this. Everybody's yeah. seen the sign that is the. Here's your speed, right? Yeah. The little speed sign that pops it up. The digital number of you're traveling at this speed. I've never seen one that's by near your house like we just saw yeah. that has the flashing lights like a police lights. Yeah, oh, that, that's freaky. Yeah, it is. It blue and red. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a, a, a cop just now. Yeah. So I understand why they did that, but I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't care for that. Yeah. Um. But no, my question is, is if John pl- Johns plays and Haskinen doesn't, we don't yeah. know if Miro yeah, will yeah, play yeah, or yeah. not. But if that's the case, who would you pair? Does he slide right there with Alexiak, or do you put him in the third pair and ease him in?
1: Um, I'd probably go Lindell. I'd probably keep Lindell and Klingberg together. Yes. Um. I'd probably go... Johns, i probably put John's and Alexiak. it looked like yeah. they
0: had Alexiak and Sekera going together yeah. there in the third. Yeah, it was kind of it was five defenses. Yeah, part. It's hard
1: to read. So I would probably go with... Um, you know what, though? I would probably I'm not go, sure if I want Alexiak yeah. and Polak together. I at least know. unless it's the third pairing. I actually want that instead. I think I would rather have Sekera... Sekera-Johns as my second Sekera-Johns as my second pairing. Yeah, can, okay with that. Alexiak Pol- Alexia yeah. as the third if there's the third, pair. that's yeah. good.
0: Um, okay, so you were going to say something about the story. Uh... Is that fair to say that that would be a huge Masterton nomination? Yeah, he's probably – I mean, it's I,
1: – I feel pretty confident saying that I'm not going to get voted on this by the rest of the chapter, that he's probably going to be the Masterton nominee for the Dallas chapter with the HWA. And um, on top of that, there he's – he's got a good chance of winning it. And no one from the – uh Stars have actually never won a Masterton. Did you know that? No, I did not. So – um the um, the Dallas Stars have never won a Masterton. I believe yeah, there yes. was one during the Minnesota era. Well, but, and there
0: is Masterton who yes, is yes. retired by the yes. franchise. So,
1: um, Bill Masterton de- de- definitely a candidate, for, a good candidate for that one. And uh, he actually fits. It's 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 interesting. And the Masterton nominees fit typically fit three, kind of fit uh, three categories. The the journeyman. Who found his role and found a spot the old guy that overcame an injury and people that have a legit chance of winning yeah and that's and John's fits into that legit chance
0: of winning the master Cha and category. he also overcame an injury, although he's not quite yes. the old guy yet. yes but, yeah no I, I think he it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really I mean because Sean, I said this on the radio tonight. I thought after they said he wasn't going to participate in training camp. Yeah, that he was. I I was still had a glimmer of hope, but I was really pessimistic about his chances of playing another NHL game. No, I mean, and now it's when, not if. Yeah, and no. that's really exciting. As of even even if he doesn't play Saturday, even in November,
1: I probably would have said I don't know if Stephen John's going to play another NHL game. It just
0: looked so. like we were we we're spinning our wheels. Yeah. In, in, as far as yeah. So it was really exciting for that. Um, Jen writes in, does the headgear the players use to award their own player of the game change from year to year, and does it go on the road trips with them? Yes, it goes on the road trips,
1: um, and it depends on whether it changes from year to year Depends on the year, honestly. I've like,
0: seen different things with the stars. Yes, it has been.
1: It has been. There remember was remember the Spartan helmet. There was a Spartan helmet when Hitch was there, and that was kind of a Hitch-driven thing. Um, there's the Stetson now. I like the cowboy hat. Yeah,
0: it's, it works well for the stars. Yeah, I've seen some other goofy ones out there mm-hmm. too from different teams. Uh, yes, it does go on road trips.
1: It does. Yes, it goes in a hat, A very nice hat box.
0: And the players keep the player that got it keeps, gives it out to the next time right. when they win. They right. don't do it when they lose. Yes. Um. Galpagus, I guess I'll ask my car question now. This was three hours ago. So I went to my first Texas Stars games, and all I can say is, uh, man, their penalty kill is bad. They rank near the bottom in the AHL and don't look all that great even in a su- se- successful kill. How can Dallas' PK be so good and Texas' be so bad? I
1: mean, that's – okay, I'll answer this. Uh, Please. Texas's penalty kill is – in the two games that I believe he went to, or I'm assuming are recently was Probably maybe was last
0: weekend. The two Stephen John's games, I'm assuming, Against, maybe. Well, would be Toronto Marlies back to back. Well, there's only one.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Anyway, sure.
0: whatever. I'm not sure which two games he went to.
1: However, um, one they were missing their most frequent penalty killer, in Yoel Kiviranta, who yep. is uh, one of their better forwards. Yes, on the one, PK. one of their be- better forwards, and. Texas also has a very young team that isn't really they're also hurt by injury quite a bit too and they're also a very young team that doesn't have a lot of those guys with that veteran penalty killing pro savvy so um it's uh it's also I, don't, I also don't think the how an AHL penalty kill I don't think there's any anything that connects at all to an AHL penalty kill at all. I, there, there's sometimes individual levels where someone might kill penalties in the AHL and therefore they get that role in the AHL. Sure. Like Kibby Ronton I think killed some penalties tonight. For he the did actually yeah. on the
0: first PK I saw him out yeah. there. And so I think it can lead to especially individual- cuz with no Yanmark and no yes. and
1: So I think it can lead to some individual things like that, but there's no uh, it's not something I it's not something to worry
0: about or even no, think that much of. No, and about. it's year to year different depending on how the non prospects are doing and how yeah. the prospects are doing. Yes. Right? And it you can have a successful AHL uh, franchise affiliation with winning, mm-hmm. but it's hard to have that all the time. And sometimes you have better years than others. I actually think they're they've turned it around down there because yes. they were at a really bad stretch. And uh, I talked to you all this morning. I had a good chat with him after the morning skate, and he said that there was a stretch after the tenth straight loss where it was really miserable. Yeah. And But it was the same thing with the star start where they were one seven and one. He said. In Texas, he goes, we weren't playing that badly. I don't know how we lost that many games because they were right in a lot of games. They just mm-hmm. kept finding ways to lose, and now they found ways to win a lot. So yeah. that's good. Um, Belfort's billion-dollar Brian <laughs> wrote in, getting to the important questions for the CarCast, why isn't Josh Bogorod friends with Ford anymore? It's just, and now a word from Ford instead of, our friends with Ford? I know what he's talking about. Do you want me to answer this one? Because I know it. Yes. Okay. So we actually know this. They have this little cutaway during the middle of the So you do know this. This is not. I know the answer to this. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh, yes. This is is an obscure question of which, hey, Sean, if we're going to be professional broadcasters, we have to turn over as many leaves as we can. Yeah, we do. And so I actually know the answer to this because I asked Josh about this. Uh, I think it was last year. They used to have these cutaways in in during the period where they mm-hmm. didn't go to commercial, but said, hey, we now now a word from our friends at Ford." And it was like oh, a fifteen like like second th- cutaway, where it's like the like ad would be
1: like, kind of the ad would be in, in It's the like a light. split yeah,
0: screen, yeah. but it's not even. Uh, it's just a stoppage of play. It's not even a media timeout. Yeah, yeah. That change in copy is not Josh Bogorod's call. It's not the Dallas Stars call. So that from Ford comes directly from Big Fox out in Los Angeles. Huh. Their main headquarters. And so that's a corporate decision that comes down and is to the letter. Josh is not allowed to deviate from the copy one syllable when it comes to those ads. Now when they when he does a read that's a Dallas Stars thing like, for example, the Little Rookies program or mm-hmm. Casino Night or, hey, come out and help do a, a swab to try to help one of our local youth hockey players maybe battle leukemia, those reads are the Stars ones, and he can put his own voice and twist on it. Mm -hmm. When it comes from the national broadcast partner, he has to say it exactly the way they give it to him. And they made a change at a corporate level. That's why. So it's not that the Dallas Stars are less friendly with Ford. It's simply what he's getting the copy for. How about that?
1: I learned learned something new.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. All right, moving on. Pat, I, I think I was a little too excited to know the answer to that question. Patrick writes in Is there any chance that the star's slow first period starts are by design, almost like a sort of a ropa dope tactic? Nope. No, not at all. Ropa nope. Oleg writes in If you were to compare Rick Bonus to a dinosaur, which one would he be? Read between the lines. What is he trying to call Rick Bonus a dinosaur?
1: That's what he's trying to do.
0: Should we give him a funny answer, or should we ignore the stupidity of that sentiment? I can't think of a good dinosaur right now. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of ideas. So we're going to ignore Oleg saying that he's a dinosaur. Because, look, that's, it's, it's kind of disrespectful. Because he is a very uh, experienced, wealth of knowledge guy that's coached more games behind a bench as a head and assistant coach than anybody else in the NHL. Right? Was Mm -hmm. it? He's on his fifth decade now. Yes, which is incredible. He's the third guy in NHL history to have coached in five different decades. Yeah, and the fact that he's still in the game and doing it as well as he's done shows that he's able to adapt and change and evolve with the game. Because if he was doing the same thing he was doing when he was in Ottawa as an expansion franchise, obviously he wouldn't still be a coach. Yeah, and I I think here's the thing that people
1: get kind of overly wrapped up into is um while there i think there are still things that have been a bit rich for him as a head coach i think there have been moments and and things that i have disagreed with certain decisions on how certain players have played um the coach's job is to win hockey games and he's won more hockey games with this stint than there what i know they lost tonight but they're now 10-5-1 since the coaching change
0: yeah i mean that's really good
1: and um I, I I, think I, – I just really think the fact of the matter is I know that obviously the big thing that people – obviously the big thing on everyone's mind today was, well, Gerard Gallant's available. Let's get Gerard Gallant. Let's get Gerard Gallant. There's Gerard a couple
0: Gallant. of questions about this that yeah. I think you should just address all of those. So I'm yeah. going to skip those okay. if you want to answer it.
1: Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Like I – I think Gerard Gallant is – Gerard Gallant is obviously a very good hockey coach. He is someone who – this Jim Nil probably – Jim Nil definitely went after Gallant hard when they uh, – They have
0: a relationship going back to their days Detroit. When they played in Detroit. They played in Detroit
1: together. And uh, Jim Nil went after Gallant hard before he hired Ken Hitchcock. That was someone who was gonna another person he would have uh, – who could have been the coach of this team back in 2017, 2018. 18, yeah. Um,
0: and may still be the coach today if that were the case. Yeah. Talk about and, a different uh, alternate universe. Oh, yeah. And because I, if that was the case, would the Stars have signed Martin Hansel? Probably not. As a free agent? Yeah. Would they have gotten rid of Cody Eakin yeah. or left him unprotected in the expansion yeah. draft? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I like Gerard Golan. I do. I think he's a good coach, and I think he would be a good coach for this team with what the Stars have. Um, I also think Rick Bonus has done a good job, and I also think. As much as you can make the arguments, you can make arguments either way of whether they should or shouldn't try to, get try, him. try to get him out to be the coach. The other thing I'd like to know just personally, and I don't know the answer to this, um, one thing I, I would like to do, if, if I was in anyone's shoes to be hiring, my question would be why he's been a successful coach, he's done well, Why did Vegas and Florida let him go? Is it were Florida and Vegas really that stupid, or is there something else I'm missing? I I wondered that question myself, and 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 I'm not saying all the players uh,
0: like they they had a story from Buffalo with Colin Miller who used to play in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and he said he loved his time there, and he was a great players' coach, Mm -hmm. and they all thought he was fabulous. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, and Vegas is up and down but they're still in the hunt yeah. for a playoff spot, and they've been to the playoffs the last couple years. I know they're disappointed of the first-round exit, that was a little bit of circumstantial Game 7 mm-hmm. against San Jose, and we could do a whole yeah. carcass on that. I guess the question is, is that, is there something there that we're not
1: aware of? And that's, and that's what I want to know. That's why I don't, that's why it's hard for me to go out and say, okay, they should go get Gerard Gallant. Because I don't know if there's something I'm missing. And I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I, I don't know if I can it figure that out or not. It could be
0: as simple, and I texted you this earlier when this happened, yeah. was, which was what, yesterday? Yeah. This could be the co- GM's version of a head coach pulling his goalie because the team is playing poorly in a game, even though the goalie didn't do anything wrong, right? You can't bench 20 players. I Either bench a goalie. So they'll do that sometimes just to shake it up. The thing is, is that if your GM makes a snap decision to pull the goalie, in this case, fire the coach, that seems very uh, hasty. It does. And I'm sure, because I've heard a lot of really positive things about Kelly McCrimmon, Mm-hmm. Who's their GM, and now, and of course, George McKinney yeah. is the president of hockey ops or whatever. I'm sure that this was not a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's something
1: that was bubbling. Um, I, either way, um, I think it was a, from afar to me, and this is, once again, not knowing the complete inside of it, from afar to me, I would not, personally, I wouldn't replace Gerard Gallant with Pete DeBoer. I think Gerard Gallant's a better coach than Pete DeBoer, but that's. Um, I, saw, can I can I just spell something real quick? Please. So um, there was. I was told by some people told me today that they heard that oh the stars tried to talk
0: to Pete DeBoer,
1: and tried to get him to come here. That is unequivocally false. That did not happen at all.
0: They were not trying to get Pete. De- they did DeBoer. not try
1: to get Pete DeBoer after he was fired, and they have no interest in getting Gerard Gallant. Um, they. This is the coaching staff for the rest of the year. Jim Nill uh, said that rather staunchly to me today. So. Um, I've kind of rambled here, but my, my point being <laughs> – my, my point, if, if I've even made a point, I don't even know. Um, My point is that there's more I'd like to know about Gerard Gallant. If it's literally Vegas and Florida, we're, we're stupid in their decisions, maybe he would make this team better. But until I know that, I can't really make a definitive opinion one way or the other. But one thing I can say is that while the Stars have made the coaching change and gone through all this chaos – I really think bonus deserves a lot of credit, and this is something that even players have told me. Bonus deserves a lot of credit for how even keel he keeps. Them. Yeah. He keeps things very um, – he doesn't get too high or too low about anything. And when things are struggling and go poorly, um, Stars players have told me the veteran's message from the players mm-hmm. goes further because it's not like a coach coming in and yelling at you. Like if if, if I – if your boss comes in and yells at you all the time – anyone yelling at you becomes kind of toned out. You but start if, to not yes.
0: – it, it starts to wear thin fat. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But,
1: but if, if the person in charge is, is not, not a yeller and he's even keel and keeps things rather, rather simple, when an Andrew Cogliano or Blake Comer or Joe Pavelski, when they come in and light into the room in a circumstance where um, a team is struggling after a period or something like that, it means a lot more. So bonus deserves credit. Um, he deserves more credit than some people give him. And he's not. And he also doesn't deserve all the credit for the team winning 10 games. But he – I think it's a,
0: a combination yeah. of the whole staff, yeah. too. Bones is at in, in the helm. Mm-hmm. He gets the final say. But, look, I think there's been a really good combination of Derek Laxtell uh, coming in and helping a bit, Todd Nelson, John Stevens, Jeff Reese. They're a, a pretty tight group. Mm-hmm. Kelly Forbes. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's more to that. And if you bring in a new coach, it's going to – because that, that's a pretty – I mean, they were – it was like a group with Monty at the helm. Monty left. They elevated bonus. But it's still yeah. essentially the same group. Mm-hmm. You bring in an outside guy, it totally changes everything. I'm not saying that's necessarily yeah. good or bad. I'm just saying it's going to be different. All right. Mm-hmm. So to answer the original question about the dinosaur, Sean, the creative thoughts in my head go, he's not a carnivore because he's a defensive-minded guy. So he's not on the attack trying to eat everybody. So he's one of the herbivores, but he's not particularly afraid of anybody attacking him. Mm-hmm. And he's got some bite back. So I'm going to go with a Stegosaurus. Okay, Plenty of defense, a lot of spikes right, to protect himself, armored plates, can fight off some of the attackers and still win. I like it. All right. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Um, There's a couple questions here. This one wrote in and was really annoyed and thinks Bones terrible and foolish for benching Guryanov, throwing out some coursey numbers because he actually scores. And why would you bench a guy that scores? And that drives me nuts. There's another one where it's, can you actually say that the team is good? Aaron wrote this in. Um, The record's great so the team is playing great that's not necessarily what we're saying we're saying the record's great even if the team needs to be better mm-hmm. winning hockey games finding ways to win is important yeah. even if the analytics don't go because she brought up the oh of course you plot for uh the expected goals for all these things are 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 not good the rankings mm-hmm. well it, that's only part of it people right well, it's,
1: it, it is it is concerning, but it's also, I think the biggest thing is, for me, I think the biggest thing is you have to look at quantity. You have to look at, if you look at the Stars analytics when it comes to quality as well, that is rather good. And that talks about quality for yes. and quality against. Um,
0: yes, yeah, it's really good, like, actually. I,
1: the Stars aren't a good offensive team. The Stars aren't a good offensive team when Jim
0: Montgomery's the coach, either. Like, it's not... Right, think about this. The Stars are the best defensive team and best goaltending team in the NHL. And Bruce said this a hundred times already with this defensive goaltending, if they could become an average offensive team, mm-hmm. you really have something Yeah. right now. They are a below average offensive team because their goals for their, uh, total number of goals scored in the, the goals for per game is in the bottom third of the league, but they have the number one goals against the number one, uh, you know goals allowed mm-hmm. as far as few as goals allowed and it's not even close yeah. and the best save percentage so you just need to get look they needed to get to 3 tonight and they couldn't get to 2 mm-hmm. yeah no i i think the tough thing and
1: it's why people get frustrated with this team is it's hard to accept that a team is not good offensively and i just think that's a fact about this team and i don't care who coaches this team i don't think i don't th- i don't think any coach can make this team score more. Honestly, I really think this roster is built is I think it's a combination of players who are who are so ingrained into playing one way and playing a system and playing a style and I know that comes with a coaching but changing a coach after game
0: 44 doesn't doesn't make Here's my question. And I look, yeah. I love the Lindy Ruff style. I really yeah. did. It was mm-hmm. fun, entertaining, exciting hockey every time the Stars played in that, those games. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was exciting because you wanted to pull your hair out because yeah. they coughed up a four goal lead trying to get, make it 10 to nothing. And they lost eight to six, but it was f- exciting. I mean, that, that 15, 16 team was one of the most fun teams I've ever watched mm-hmm. from an excitement event, high event hockey. Yeah. Would you rather have that and get frustrated because they can't defend have decent goaltending in the playoffs? Or would you rather have a team like this, which might not really move the needle offensively that much, but they can grind out playoff wins and maybe be a Stanley Cup contender? I, I, unfortunately, and and so many teams in the league do this. They play this style because it's lower risk mm-hmm. and you can get by for longer, but it could be successful.
1: Yeah, it's going to sound cliche to say this, but this the Stars are playing a style that does...
0: It wins. You know, it, it it's wins. not as much fun, but it wins. It does and well, winning is fun. Yeah. So Sean, here's the most important question of the Court writes in, What do the Carcass boys have planned for the bye week? Anything fun?
1: Hopefully getting home from Minnesota.
0: Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> I am not going anywhere because my kids have school during the bye week. So it's not like just I mean, I could pull them out and but uh my wife has to work. So what do I'm gonna do? I got a growing honeydew list of things to do around the house, the yard uh, all sorts of stuff that's piling up that I haven't had a lot of time with the hockey season schedule going. So I can keep myself busy, but you know what I'd like to do, Sean? I'd like to do nothing for a day or two. That'd be nice. Just mentally yeah. switch off and just veg for a little bit. That'd be nice. So. I haven't had a lot of time for that because between games, work, my own recreation of you know playing hockey or soccer, trying to get it, and then all the kids' activities because they're in two different sports right now. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of free time. Yeah. like to do nothing for a day. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, By the way, I can't overemphasize the importance of being able to mentally switch off every now and then. All right. That's one what more this, for that's you. What
1: I did this afternoon. It was very nice.
0: One more for you because we could do more and we just have to – you need to get to bed. And so do I. Crawdaddy writes in, I'm going to Detroit tomorrow for the Penguins versus Red Wings. Any food restaurant recommendations for me? And because you are a mi- former Michigan resident, <sighs> I turned it over to you. Any food recommendations? What about Chelios' chili, or whatever I think it is? It closed. Did it? I think Chili's chili closed. Uh, it's about the extent of my Detroit knowledge. I,
1: I think it closed. Um, there's. Uh, you could always go with one of the Coney Islands. Those are always good, cheap food. Like cheap, like cheap, as in inexpensive. The food right. is good. It's an good expensive. food, but not not expensive. Right. Um, the, uh, I can't remember the name of i It's, uh, there is a, I think it's National Coney Island is the one that's right near the arena. I might be wrong. There's a bunch of Coney Islands, but I I would go with that. Um, and it's, uh, you can go get yourself uh, a hot dog with chili on it. You could get some, uh, I always get, I would often get the chicken
0: finger pita is what I typically get at a place like that. Sounds good. Really it sounds good. unhealthy, but good. You say pita, and people think, oh, that's not so bad. But no, when you throw chicken fingers <laughs> in there, that immediately downgrades <laughs> it's it. It's a chicken finger pita.
1: And then they also you can also get the flaming cheese and yellow paw and everything
0: like that. It's also sounds unhealthy, but really good. A little, do a little personal sizes. It's still unhealthy, but probably really good. Yeah. Comes I'm with a pita. <laughs> um, you can always do the um, – oh, God, was it a dead spin? They were talking about Little Caesars pizza-like substance. <laughs> Which was a shot at Little Caesars. I mean, look, they've made a ton. Whatever, of, whatever, whatever you do, don't eat
1: the Little Caesars pizza at Little Caesars
0: Arena. Is it th- the worst of the Little Caesars? No, pizza? it's just
1: like, or is it that's too it, cliched? No, it's you pay five bucks for hot and ready, right? Yes. Okay, then you can get a little square for nine dollars
0: at the arena. Like, at the right, the so arena, you're like, just yeah, like,
1: completely, yeah. Like, don't eat before the game. Like it, a hot and ready. Like, there's it, probably
0: one around yes, across the street. Exactly, or right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's all I got. Yeah. I don't really have food recommendations for Detroit. I, it's no. not spent a, I've been there a couple of times, but I haven't really spent enough time to find a good spot. So, all right, Sean, I wish you safe travels. Get there before the storm. Get out before the next one. Uh, maybe even a win. Do you think that's that last question for you? Okay. Do you think, unlike the stars whimpering into the holiday break, do you think that a win against wild would be more important because this is a longer break? I think it's a to do about i think there's I think
1: there's two really big things coming out of our I think I think the team needs kind of a statement against a team that is supposed to be a lower tier than them.
0: Well, there's a huge gap in points between Yeah, the I, know.
1: And, yes, and so, I know. and Yes. I know. Yeah. And then the other thing, obviously, coming out of tomorrow that I'm really, Saturday, coming out of that I'm really interested to, to technically, watch.
0: Technically, you're correct. <laughs> it's 12.36 <laughs> in the a.m. on Friday, so tomorrow is Saturday.
1: <laughs> technically, the thing I'm, and then the other thing, not technically, one of the things <laughs> I'm most fascinated to watch um, is just I want to see Stephen Johns play
0: well. Oh, like, I hope he plays yeah. on Saturday. That would be a great story. Yeah. Be nice if Miro Haskinen could play too. Yeah, and maybe we see the John's Haskinen pairing for the first of many glorious years. If here's another random thought: if
1: Johns and Haskinen are both cleared to play,
0: mm-hmm.
1: do you go eleven seven just
0: in case? In case of whom? Both. You're worried about either one of them? Like,
1: like if they're both cleared to play, do you go eleven seven?
0: I don't think Roddick Fox is going to play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, that's my hunch. Is that they'll be careful with him because he has the All Star bye week break yeah. to get back fully. And that's how that they, could be the Hayskin in one as well. And that's depending how they, on how he's and, at. And,
1: and that Fox uh, Fox are not playing, which is looking highly likely. That's the IR move. He goes on IR. Johns comes off. You don't
0: have to send Ranta down. You don't
1: have to send Kibiranta down. I so do. Here's
0: think- my question: If you go eleven and seven, yeah, you want to piss off everybody? Say that Dennis Gurionum gets scratched.
1: Hmm. I don't think it would be Guriano. That's my question. I, I think, it, be, I would think it would be Dallin and they'd go three centers.
0: That's tough. Dowling wasn't bad again. He was good yeah, tonight. I, think, I know. Again. I
1: know, but I think I think it's I easier. Know. I think it's easier to go three centers and rotate those. I guys. don't
0: like the eleven seven. 7 I think I think thought. if you're really worried about it, you don't play one of those guys. Yeah, that's fair. Because you have Taylor Fadoon, yeah. you don't need to force those guys in the lineup, right? Yeah. That nope. would be my thought. Yep. Nope. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. We will uh We will see you. After the bye week and the all-star weekend.